Hello. How are you? How's it going? How was your day? My day is was like crazy, crazy. But you know what? Tonight, I roasted a huge sheet pan full of sweet potatoes. Just a little sweet potato, salt, pepper, olive oil in the oven, 425 for an hour, hour and a half. I don't know. I was cleaning the fish tank, so I kind of lost track of time. Um, delicious. So good. Um, but today we are going to be talking about incorporating houseplants into your sales. Um, houseplants, tropicals, potted plants. We're going to kind of pull all of that into one. Um, and um, I'm kind of excited to talk about this because this is something that uh, we've incorporated into our kind of game plan or sales plan um, over the past few years. So I'm excited. I hope you're excited. This is something that I think is a little unexpected or people, um, farmers, growers, sometimes can think that it's a little overwhelming to take on this whole other part of, of the business. Okay. There are ways to make this very conducive for your business plan or your business in general. So we're going to kind of dive into that. Um, I'm totally going to freestyle this episode tonight. I don't have a breakdown. I don't have a a list. I don't have a guide pre-made. This is just going to be whatever comes out. It's the way that we're going to do this. But I am so glad that you're here. Um, My name is Drew. This is the Between Me and Drew podcast. And uh, on this podcast, we kind of talk about whatever the hell happens (laughs) um, within the cut flower, flower farmer um, industry, world, weddings, events, all of it. It's all on the table. And um, I'm glad that you're here. So. Now that we've got the, all of that out of the way, let's uh, jump right in and talk about how to incorporate houseplants into your sales program. So I think one of the biggest things uh, when it comes to making the first decision or the thought process of, okay, do I need to incorporate something into my program, an additional supplemental you know, product or item to sell, um, which if you're really good with plants in general and you know how to like make a cute little pot, this is something that's very, very conducive. And it's the trend in this industry, in the potted plant world um, of popularity has been insane over the past four, five years. Um, So if you're not in this yet, this is a great time to get in. Uh, because I can promise you that if you've got an established following, a clientele, they're going to probably buy this stuff because these are great gifts. They don't go as bad as cut flowers. Um, so it's, it's a great kind of sideline thing. Um, I do want to kind of clarify what we're talking about as far as specific items. Um, when I'm saying you know, tropicals or houseplants or or potted plants in general. Um, I'm usually referring to something along the lines of like um, a a mixed garden of like three different assorted tropicals. So like a a spider plant, a succulent, and um, a sansevieria or a snake plant. So that's one option. 
Another option that was really, really successful this spring um, was an item that we made that was called a pansy bucket. It was just a little stainless steel, or not stainless steel, galvanized steel bucket and got it for like a dollar, dollar twenty-five, and um, planted it with pansies. And then it sat on a bench in the propagation house in an open little corner for a few weeks and people went nuts for them. Um, so it could be something like that, or it could be, you know, a, a nice little assorted planter of succulents um, or something along those lines. And and I don't want to tell you exactly what you can and cannot do because that's a load of bullshit. And uh, you can do anything when it comes to potted plants. You could sell, you know, a little pot of zinnias. My God, you know how easy that would be? You already know how to grow stuff from seed. And zinnias are one of the easiest things to grow from seed. So like, boom, 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 girl, you're good to go. But when it comes to doing potted things, there's a few thought processes or things to remember that I've kind of picked up along the way. It is very important for you to kind of put out into the world um, what expectations your customers should have of you. We've got a lot going on here on our operation, and there are many hands that make all of this work possible. However, we are not solely a houseplant store, okay? We are not solely a flower shop. We are not solely a wholesale grower. We, we do a lot of that stuff. And if someone, i.e. your customer, is looking for very, very, very detailed, in-depth help and care guidance for a Rex begonia, then it might not be a good fit for you. Um, if you know that that's who your clientele is, you know, if you've had several run-ins with, you know, multiple customers who have been very, very needy, um, let's say that they buy a mini bouquet, you know, every other week and it's 20, it's a $20 sale every two weeks and they always have something to say <laughs> like, oh, you know, one of my zinnias flopped before the others faded or, oh, one of my lily petals fell off before blah, 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 you know, shit like that. If you know that that's who your clientele is, you're going to want to do a little bit of safeguarding on your time and uh, maybe focus elsewhere. Um, the reason I say that is because sometimes when it comes to a potted plant, um, one customer can expect you to help them and hold their hand the entire way. And the other customer might totally be able to take care of and take responsibility for that plant. But it's not the same across the board. So once you have that in mind, um, the next thing to kind of think about is, okay, what price point are we targeting? Are we targeting like a $10 sale or are we targeting like a $150 really nice sympathy planter or, you know, something along those lines? $300 sympathy planter. Um, you will know that based off of your existing clientele. Um, so you, you might be picking up on a few things here. Um, I've, I've mentioned or said the line several times, twice now, that you will know based off of your existing clientele. We treat house plants and potted plants and all that fun stuff 
as a very supplemental product line. And I say supplemental because that's not our main gig. That's not our main business. It's something we do in addition. And we know who our clientele is. We know our clientele base. So based off of that, we can pick and choose what we grow and what we sell for potted plants, house plants, hanging baskets, etc. So with that in mind, um, something that I, I, I very much strongly believe in um, is providing some level of instruction with everything that goes out. So hanging baskets this year had a little care note that is, and it's very like general basic instruction. Like this is a full sun hanging basket, like have it in the full sun. You have to water it every day, etc. Um, when we do like amaryllis pots in the winter, we will put a little care tart care tag or care card, um, with that that says like keep soil moist. They're gonna perform better when they're next to a window, etc. And it can be simple things like that. Um, so really understanding and just I think it's one thing. It's one more thing that we can do to help answer people's questions before they have to email us or reach out. Because when someone emails, reaches out, messages, whatever, then that's one more thing that's put back on our plate that we have to respond to. So, and this this same rule applies for like mixed bouquets or any kind of flower at market. You know, let's just figure out a way to put a little care note um, with that item so that that is, you know, first line of defense, basically, of answering someone's question. Um, is they can just look at that and we'll move on. An another thing is um, we want to try and utilize plants that are as foolproof as possible. So things that are very tough and rugged. Um, if we're kind of working our way back into specifics of um, like tropicals and houseplants, spider plants are a great, great item to incorporate into like a mixed garden, Tritascantia, uh, which was uh, commonly referred to as Wandering Jew. Um, Tritoscantias come in an insane variety or selection of colors and textures, so it's a great, great option. Um, if we want to work into something a little bit larger in size and stature, um, most of your philodendrons, monsteras, uh, your pothos vines, all of those things are very, very easy to take care of, um, and they do quite well. Um, so once you kind of dabble into variety selection, um, I think one thing that will make this whole process even easier is finding a spot that is already going to be conducive in your infrastructure to grow these kinds of plants. So pretty much all of our house plants, succulents, all of that for mother material, propagative material, um, and even things that are growing out is all happening in the lower level of or underneath the benches in our propagation house. So they're getting all of the excess water that's coming through the plug flats. Um, they're getting the filtered light that they need anyway. Um, sometimes they're able to root directly into the soil. If it's like a mother pot, um, they'll root right down through the landscape fabric floor. So they're able to, the plants just get huge, massive, massive, massive when they're able to grow into our soil. Um, and, and when they're able to essentially naturalize themselves in that environment, they just go crazy. 
um, which makes it very easy for us to use these as mother plants to take cuttings off of. Um, so that's why utilizing house plants as kind of a sideline thing for us is very, very easy. Um, the hardest thing uh, that definitely took some time because I didn't want to spend a ton of money on this uh, kind of project area, um, if you will, was um, finding all of the, the mother material. And I'm going to be very honest and straightforward with you. A lot of our stuff that we now have a large volume of um, came from the clearance rack at like Lowe's and Home Depot. You know, maybe it got nipped by frost and, and now it's 50% off. Perfect. Great. Love that. Um, little bits and things like, you know, that you can just pick up here, plant it, chop it up, do whatever, and then you have more of it. Um there are places that do sell unrooted cuttings, um, North Carolina Farms, NC Farms. Um, they do have a fair amount of um, both plugged, like pre, pre-rooted plugs and unrooted cuttings of houseplants um, that are really great, easy to use. Um, we've definitely used them previously in the past and have been very, very happy. Um, so it's a, a great source to tap into um, if you're wanting to do that. But when you are um, kind of figuring out what you want to do, um, if you can keep your your options and your opportunities um, a little bit broader, I think that will also help you. And what I mean by that is um, instead of making a hundred mixed planters right out of the be- right out of the gate, why don't we? you know, plant and root some of these things in like a three or a four inch pot. And let's just grow them out in that nursery pot for a while. Um, Because then you can still have the opportunity to take that single nursery pot and put it in a small six inch terracotta pot and sell it as a single plant specimen. Okay. You can put it in a medium sized pot and put two different things together, or you can put it in a larger pot and put three or four of these things together. So instead of planting you know, a hundred large mixed gardens all at once, let's give yourself some wiggle room and just more space for opportunity and uh, grow them out in a three or four inch. And then once, you know, you notice that the the medium size or the, the two plant pot is selling faster, then we'll just make a few more of those. Instead of sitting on, you know, 65 unsold big guys, Um, we can move inventory a little bit easier that way. Um, Other things to keep in mind is if you do have a heated greenhouse environment or you have invested a lot of uh, money into an indoor growing space, so under grow lights, grow racks, etc., you're oftentimes not utilizing those grow racks and lights during the early winter. So like November, December, January, and usually beginning of February, depending on your season. Um, So those months are really great to move all of your your planters, you know, your mothers, etc. into that either heated or artificial lit uh, environment and grow them out for those holidays that are going to be happening over the winter. So making a, a little tropical, you know, planter for Christmas 
um, that's totally an option. You'll be you would be very surprised how many plants we sell during our Christmas and winter holiday open houses. Um, just based on the popularity of house plants and, and potted plants in general, um, people are oftentimes giving these as gifts. So we sell a lot of um, smaller succulent pots. Uh, and these would be like fun novelty pots that you'd pick up for, you know, 50 cents or a dollar, a dollar 50, whatever, um, little, po little succulent in, and then you sell it for $8. Um, little things like that, very easy to, to give as a gift. Um, another thing that was very surprising is we did like a, a winter blues plant sale. Um, and this happened like, I want to say it was around Valentine's Day. And I don't think we did it in 2022. I know we did it in 2021, though. Um, and it was crazy. It was absolutely crazy. And it was almost exclusively a plant sale. We didn't ha have a lot of cut flower selection. Um, so we, we really brought out the big guns for this one. Um, and uh, people went nuts for it. Another fun thing that I just remembered in my head from that plant sale was we did a lot of um, hanging baskets of succulents, like vining succulents and, and vining tropicals and things like that. Um, so again, your Tritoscantias were huge. Um, string of pearls, string of bananas, string of dolphins, uh, ruby necklace, all of those things are lovely vining tropical uh, or succulents. Um, and we would grow them in like a four inch miniature hanging basket. And in our propagation house, we actually have um, lines of rebar that run the length of the greenhouse that have a drip line hooked up to them. Uh, it's just the drip line is zip tied to the rebar. And then we will hang these little white hanging baskets right on that rebar. Um, so again, that we're utilizing as much unused, we're utilizing as much previously unused space as we can. Um, to really maximize on this environment because if you're growing in a, in a heated greenhouse, you have to pay a lot of money for heat over the winter, especially if you're a northern grower um, like we are. So finding little bits and pieces and things that you can you know, tuck here and there that you will then eventually be able to sell, um, it just makes it all a little bit easier to, to process and, and really, you know, pay for essentially um one other fun thing is that um once you get established with mother plants and you get established with people knowing that you have these things available um it kind of becomes a very passive thing and it's also a very trainable thing because if you kind of model it like we have and just, you know, tucked things here and there where they work best is from like a growing perspective, um, it's very easy for a member of your team to recognize that, oh, okay, you know, we only have two of these. We only have three of these, you know, maybe we should make more. And... Once you can train that person on, okay, this is how, you know, you fill a pot with soil. This is how you dig three holes with your hand. This is how you take this pot out of the three inch nursery pot and put it in this bigger pot. You know, very elementary things. Um, but 
once you train them how to do that, that is something that they can run on their own. So then really all you have to do is market it, make sure that people know that it's an option, that you have it. Um, and it can be a very passive, passive thing that another member of your team is taking care of. So it's one less thing on your plate if you are, you know, running the show. Uh, so that's fantastic. Um, also, we should mention too that when it comes to where we're selling these things, because we haven't talked about that yet, um, these gardens, pansy pots, single pots, whatever, that's all happening in a self-serve situation here at the farm. Um, previously, we did take these to farmer's market. We're not doing farmer's market uh, during the summer, just because we've got a lot going on. But we would previously take crates of tropicals and houseplants and potted plants in general to farmer's market. And they definitely have a place there. But um, on our farm, we have something that's called Petals on the Porch during the summer season. Um, and it is a self-serve flower stand that's open um, now, seven days a week, Monday through Friday, and is open nine to four. So during those times, people can come to the farm. We've got a cooler on the front porch up at the studio that's got bouquets in it. Um, we've got, you know, mixed tropical gardens. We've got succulent planters. We've got, you know, little knick-knacky things. Um, and uh, it's a very, you know, independent thing. It's not being manned or managed by a person during the entire time that it's open. Um, Ashley, kind of my, my right-hand girl up here in the office and in the studio, um, she'll keep an eye on it, and if she notices that we need new bouquets or more bouquets or whatever, um, she just take cares of, takes care of it, uh, restocks it, waters things as needed. Uh, so it's a really great option um, and it's just one other thing to kind of bulk out that um, um, sales outlet, ultimately. Um, so if you are selling from a self-serve little cart, um, which is super cute, um, or like a little stand, this is such a conducive thing to do because something you can make ahead of time. If it doesn't sell this week, it's not going to go bad, which is a a legitimate problem with cut flowers um and uh, again you know it's it's a very straightforward item you know if you have the the care note with it um the person sees it as twenty dollars they leave the twenty dollars in the box and uh, they take the planter and they've got instructions and you're good to go okay um so it's very lovely i do enjoy working with plants um, if you've ever seen me talk from my office, which is where I'm at right now uh, recording this, um, I've got plants all over the place in here. Tons of huge tropicals. So um, once you kind of fall down that slippery slope <laughs> of tropicals, um, you might be in for a while. So just keep that in mind. But I do think today's episode is going to be a little bit shorter. Um, which will be a nice little treat for you. But um, I just want to kind of recap a few things that we uh, touched on during this episode. Um, first is, you know, seeing where you are in your clientele space, we'll call it. 
you know, do you have um, somewhat of a, a challenging or particular clientele, or are they rather resourceful? Um, if they're resourceful and crafty and they love stuff like this, then this could be a really, really great option for you to add um, as a supplemental line item. Um, do you have space to grow these? Do you have little nooks and crannies that are not being used in a greenhouse that are moist and um, would be really good for growing you know, a, a shady tropical plant? Um, do you have places to store pots? if you needed to, to buy pots in surplus or in volume. Um, do you have an outlet for these things? You know, if you wanted to go self-serve, do you have a, a pre-existing self-serve facility location? Or is this going to be something new, a new project that you'll take on? Um, or better yet, do you have a place that you can, like a, an actual shop that you can sell these at? Um, whether it be a little collective store or uh, a bakery that you could set up a little stand at, you know, something like that. Um, and I think one of the really beautiful things about plants, uh, potted plants in general, or in particular, I should say, um, is that they are more stable. They, you know, aren't going to go bad in four days. They're going to be fine if they miss a watering, um, and people love them. And those are all things to keep in mind when it comes to adding in something new. So um, that's going to wrap it up for us. This was a very straightforward uh, episode. So I hope you uh, were able to learn something and had a good time. But um, if you do have questions, please do let me know. Um, as always, thank you for being here. Uh, going back, if you do have questions, please send me an email. That's always the best way to get a hold of me. Um, my email address is drew at clarajoyceflowers.com. Also on our website, clarajoyceflowers.com, we've got uh, cut flower seeds, uh, fun little things still available, and you can ship flowers directly from our website to anyone within the United States. So that's fun. Um, and depending on your streaming platform, please feel free to like, comment, and subscribe to this podcast. And I always do enjoy seeing your feedback as well. So Thanks for being here. Anyway, uh, next week, which is, oh my God, the end of June. Wah, um, we are going to be going over my top 10 perennials, uh, herbaceous perennials. That should be because we've already talked about my top 10 woody cuts. So we're moving into the herbaceous world. Um, and next week's episode is sponsored by Leo Burby Bulb Co love them. So I will catch you next week. And um, until then, I hope you have a lovely life. And uh, that's what I got. So later, Gator. Gator.